Hi, I'm Ricardo Deacon. Hi, I'm Orla Pinas. You're listening to Dublin Digital Radio. This is the recommendation game, a bi-weekly film podcast where we take turns to pick a movie the other person has seen. We watch it separately uh, because we're in two different continents and then we Skype each other to discuss mm-hmm. said movie. This week's movie was chosen by Orla. It is Shoplifters from 2018. On the margins of Tokyo, a dysfunctional band of outsiders united by fierce loyalty and a pension for petty theft when the young son is arrested, secrets are exposed that upend their tenures below the radar existence. So, McNeilis, why did you pick this movie? Well, Deacon, um, I watched this on my birthday this year. I don't think I knew a massive amount about this before I watched it. Um, all I knew is that it had won the Palm d'Or, and I did vague recollections of, I think, like Mark Kermode's review, because this says 2018, but I don't think it actually really came out until 2019, but I had it on my watch list, and it was sort of there in the back of my mind, and I downloaded it on a whim, and then I threw it on on my birthday and fucking loved it. I watched that, and then I watched um, In the Mood for Love. I had a lot like um, why haven't I seen more of this per- this person's films whenever I watch yeah. this um, which I think probably happened to a lot of people uh, whenever they saw this or whatever it won the Palm d'Or because I think this is kind of his first big international release um, like he had films that were nominated before but this is the first one that was nominated for an Oscar um, it got a lot of international attention it made a lot of money for a movie this size which is obviously no shade on his like previous films because by all accounts he's a very accomplished filmmaker but um, then he went on to make um, I'm assuming this was made in 2017 as uh, his first English language film. It's half English, half French with uh, Catherine Deneuve and um, Ethan Hawke. Oh, I actually have seen that. Oh, I didn't know it was him. I yeah. saw it three weeks ago. Really? It's, in, uh, it's uh, with Catherine Deneuve, yeah. uh, Ethan Hawke and um, what's her face? Juliette Binoche. I don't remember. You were just a baby. And you, Daddy? No, I've never been here before. The house looks like a castle. It does. Yes, even though there's a prison just behind it. Uh, it's like, it was quite a pleasant film. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, you can tell that Ethan Hawke is just there to be in a movie <laughs> with Juliette Binoche and Catherine Deneuve. Okay. <laughs> it's funny how much uh, DNA that this movie shares with Parasite. Um, which is why I, I kind of thought of should I wait a little bit longer to pick this movie but at the same time like well, I was watching it yesterday and they feel kind of more like companion films in a way rather than like light and dark versions of the same kind of theme if you know what I mean so and the way that like Parasite is so aggressive in its themes aggressive in its metaphors um not that this film doesn't have its message very clearly, like the, the choosing your own family and everything, but there's there's something so like, this film is like a light tide washing over you. It's like, 
you know, it, you, you're kind of drawn in very like slowly and calmly, and before you realize it, you're incredibly invested in the people who live in this tiny, tiny little apartment. Um, I like, love about this movie is, despite like because it has a relatively simple premise really, but um, I've seen it twice now and. I want to see it again because even after two watches, I feel like I still have questions. Some of are like, I'm still discovering things in it. Even in uh, things that I don't think the movie's ever going to fully answer, like the ending or, you know, certain relationships and what they really meant and what really happened between certain people. At the same time, like, even I had the joy yesterday of watching it, be able to see the relationships and knowing what. The relationships actually are so knowing all the stories behind some of them and that was like an incredibly enjoyable experience but at the same time there were still moments where i was like wait hold on a minute no none of them are related um <laughs> which is like i think it's, a, it's a, like that makes it sound more complicated than it is not but. related but relatable exactly um but yeah i this, i find this such an enjoyable film and, and after a while you you it, it's it's kind of it's grabbed you so much that when it gets, starts to get to the real like emotional heart of the movie it's it's like there are some scenes that like oh they they're just <sighs> it's funny the first time i saw it i kind of felt like um uh nobuyu the uh the like mother character the wife um she's kind of like the heart of the film in the way that you you're, you're kind of like following along with her as she the like the bond between her and Lynn develops um or Yuri on the second watch what I love is the relationship between um the granny and Aki like how when you know that they're not related but they're more closer family than like like traditional family than the rest of it and how they and even whenever she sits down and she's like oh your feet are colder than usual and how she's like her, the grandmother always knows that there's something up with her or that something has happened or something like their little moments together are just like they're so like special so then whenever you at the end whenever she's being told that the grandmother used the relationship in order to get this like extra money it's like no and then whenever she goes back at the end yeah, I I just I love the all the different moments that each relationship is given to like breathe and develop and to learn more about it, um, and like there's the really like clear relationship between like Shota and his you know his father character, and then like between the two kids and everything, but even between like um, uh, Nobuyo and Shota as well, like whenever they have their little moment together and like him talking about how he's struggling with you know calling him father or calling her mother and it's like there's just there's so many little moments between like each thing that feels like so like lived in and each thing has so many elements even to the point that the the cops feel well-rounded like there's no you're not having the like the rug pulled out from under you and no these people were just awful and but i love even like the little moment that um like the male police officer has with shoja whenever he's like showing him this police badge and everything and it's just like a little second of like time between them um i want to give uh, a shout out to the really good child actors um like really really good child actors like two really good child actors um which obviously especially when you have a child actor that's that young it's like 
and it's, it's some of the times you're just it's, it's even whenever you're like hanging the very end of the film on her like look out and it's like oh who is she seeing is she seeing anyone i love that ending um i've seen like some people comment that the cinematography is kind of unremarkable but there's some really beautiful scenes in this and there's something about the way that they shoot the interior of the apartment um i didn't look up to see i'm assuming it's like a set or something but um the way that it feels so different like a different space depending on what they're using it for so like when they're eating it's all very or in the evening it's all very close but during the day whenever the light's coming in it feels very like open and airy despite the fact that it's so small and the same with like this little bathroom and each part is like feels like it's like so lived in but so like used for all the different things um I love like uh, Shota's little little cavern as well that he has as well as like little special things and his marbles and stuff and then how later on we see like she has the marbles and um yeah I just I love this film it's an interesting look at like like Japanese like poverty within Japan as well or poverty within Tokyo which is kind of interesting it's like a side of things I feel like we don't see within like Japanese culture a whole lot like it's quite interesting um I also really like the soundtrack in this soundtrack I find the soundtrack quite there's something kind of like light and like there's just so many like lovely little moments in this where the camera doesn't move and the soundtrack is no way obtrusive where all you're watching is just the people like hanging out and talking to each other so like whatever um he goes to find Shota and he's in the uh in like the old car and that like they linger on this big wide shot of them walking through the car park for like a minute or whatever and like it's such a like just soft little moment that's just like held and left there and I feel like the the length of this is really good um but yeah I really really like this movie and despite the fact that I feel it has a real emotional wrench in it um I feel like it's a real lovely watch and I needed that so uh, Ricardo what did you think of this movie well like to to begin with out of the out of the gate I really liked it so don't worry uh, I found it that it's like strangely a combination of two movies that I really like. It reminded me a lot of Parasite, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, but it also reminded me of Tokyo Godfathers. Have oh. you ever seen that? It's an anime from the 90s, I believe, mm-hmm. that is about three homeless people that find a baby in the bin in Tokyo during near Christmas. Oh. And they just try to... Uh, figure out who's the parent of the baby like to give the baby back mm. but it's also like a, it's a young girl that is a runaway a ex-drag queen and just a dude they're like there's yeah. that, that idea of the family you find rather than the family you have you know <clears throat> yeah and um, it is a very like easy <laughs> easy pitch for me like I'm a sucker for movies that are about <laughs> the family you choose to have you know like even if it is just about a sports team or <laughs> yeah, you know anything Coach. really uh, a job or uh, just friends uh, I love that idea of like choosing your family that's why I love shows like that michael shore does because mm-hmm. that's all he does really is like uh parks and recreation and uh, the good place at yeah. brooklyn 99 is always more worried about the creation of family let's say rather than anything else 
Yeah, considering what's happening in the world, I don't know if I can watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine with, without saying the ACAB. <laughs> like, there's even been petitions, I think, for them to change with no excuse where they work in. Because it's like, really, doesn't really matter. Uh, it's just an office comedy. Yeah. So, they're like, without explanation, suddenly everybody is working in the post office. And it's like the, the oh, captain I, is just the, the I really the want to be the post, the post office. office. I think somebody posted the other day on Twitter going like the the ice caps are melting and the fa- the anti-fascist battlefield is the post office. We need to uh, send our apologies to Kevin Costner. We will unite them. You have the gift, postman. With a message of freedom. I challenge the leadership of the clan. You want a war? I'll give you a war. Oh my god, it's so true. Uh, I do think that this movie, going back yeah. to it, uh, what you mentioned about some review saying that the cinematography is quote unquote basic. I think that uh, <laughs> yeah, I think basic. it's not flashy, but is like the a lot of the framing is quite lovely. Hmm. There's a lot of memorable shots. Um, the one that uh, uh, comes to mind is when they're listening to the fireworks mm. and like uh, you can hear the cicadas in the background and each person just pops their head out and like one after the other and there's this idea of like all of them in the frame together and they all have their own place let's say um i think that's quite uh, lovely and i i think it makes a very uh, valid point about how uh, especially in societies like Japan that there's like a huge thing about having kids mm-hmm. and that you have to have kids to be quote-unquote successful but also that a lot of people are not prepared and not really made to be parents uh, I do think that it is there's a couple of missteps that are very minor but uh, I don't think that it completely ruined the movie mm-hmm. but I think that they could do without it let's say one of them is that I don't think the father should have been violent because it kind of undermines the argument that it's like love is what you need to be um, to grow and to uh, like you need to be cherished by somebody when you're a child. As in and him. Him both hurting the Yuri and the wife. Uh, uh, I think that there was like it it just made it too obvious that he is like bad parent versus good parents. I think that they're yeah, they're like too far the other side. Yes, even like when you overhear them arguing, it's like it's too much. Yeah, because the argument that the movie is making is exactly whenever the the mother quote unquote character says uh, whenever she's being interviewed by police that having a that the policewoman says the child needs uh, her mother. Mm. And she says, just giving birth to somebody doesn't make you a mother. Mm. And I think that there's an argument there. And I think it's the same. It would be the same for father and mother. And I I don't think that the, the argument becomes stronger because 
because it's a very easy to point at the other parents as quote unquote bad parents because even the mother, even though she's not beating up the kids, she's clearly neglectful. Obviously, she has her own problems to deal with, let's say, with her husband. But and the husband is just bad news kind of thing. Mm. And I think there'll be a more valid argument that is just living in a family that there's no love both for each other as a couple, but also as a child that is just functioning mm. uh, can also be detrimental. And I think that that would have made a point even like even make the case for their kidnapping of Yuri to be a little bit more a gray area. Mm. That is their understanding of being the good guys. And I think that that's quite important for this movie, that it's how you portray yourself to yourself, that you think that you're the hero in your own story. Even these characters see themselves as that, you know? And I think that it's not um, helped by that... Uh, the depiction of the family and maybe it could have been fixed by like the uh, the actual uh, dichotomy is that the kid is not being raised by the parents if it was like servants or something that they were actually mm. rich parents and they wouldn't give they didn't give a shit about looking after her so she runs away and they don't notice for a while it's or kind of like, like um, Aki's relationship to the family, though, and how she's gone to live with her like gra- grandmother, but not actually her grandmother, like left what looks like a fairly comfortable, cushy home to live in this like weird shoebox with this like adopted family while like, you know, working in a weird sort of like soft porn show. <laughs> yeah, like a live anime show. Like yeah, there we go. Um, do her parents know or not? It's it's not like entirely I, clear. I, I, d- I don't think that they do because it seemed genuine whenever mm, they say they that ask, she's yeah. in Australia. What I think is, I think that they know she's not in Australia, but she they don't know that she's with the grandmother. Hmm. Maybe they know that she works in the club, but are just too ashamed of saying to the grandmother, but. I think that the cops are lying to Aki whenever they say that the grandmother was using the relationship to get the money. Yeah. I think it's similarly how they try to manipulate, but obviously, like it seems to be, you know, your job as a cop uh, to interrogate these people and come down with quote unquote the truth is to make people side with against one another. And I think it was a quite good twist. That you're not under, you don't know why she's taking the blame for everything, and he's completely saying that it was all her idea. Mm. And you think that you're, she's sell, he's selling her down the river, and it, it just is like a prearranged agreement that that's what's gonna happen because he has a criminal record, and having a criminal record, he wouldn't be just five years in jail; mm. he'd be far more. I think the movie has like a, a nice, quiet melancholy throughout that I quite enjoyed, especially in the end, uh, whenever uh, Soka, Shoka, uh, uh, Shoda, Shoda, Shoda uh, goes to visit him. Shoda goes to visit Shoda 
in the his <laughs> yeah. uh, his bachelor pad and it starts snowing again it's another lovely shot there the it's like one frame to cover everything but lovely use of there's snow so much the... depth and loveliness to it i love snow <laughs> love the <laughs> the scene when uh like i love tokyo uh how it looks uh you know, it's one of those things that even like a dodgy alleyway in Tokyo looks far better than the best streets in most cities. Uh, it also like it's not really like the undergrowth or something is more than anything. It just feels like the, that they live within poverty just because they're living in a, an apartment or like a building that is clearly just for one person or a couple. And there's mm. like seven of them. It's not that they necessarily seem to live in a particularly bad area of Tokyo, but because there's no, it doesn't seem to have, I don't know if Tokyo is like that in general. I know that like crime rates in Japan are quite low, mm. but even in the sense of shoplifting and uh, muggings and stuff is not very high. So I think that culturally is also a kind of important barrier that they cross. Mm. and i like the discussions that they have about shoplifting and uh, even the the store owner that clearly just allows them to do it because oh, he sees he how great. poor they are and stuff yeah but then he gets closed down as well and there's the argument uh, of you know he probably doing that to everybody else like not running a business properly and also it's the comment on capitalism i suppose that is the most moral shop owner is not the one that is gonna make it in the end you know you mm. had to be like a fucking bastard like bezos or something you know to <laughs> to get ahead in the world uh yeah like and i think that it, it, it is a, a quite a interesting double bill with uh, both the truth and mm. with um that's so funny that you watched it <laughs> and uh with parasite i think that Parasite obviously is a far more nihilistic and more uh, pessimistic movie than this is. And also uh, it fl falls down more into a gray area than good versus bad, which mm. uh, shoplifters seems to be firmly on the one side uh, <laughs> of the argument. Um, I do. I did laugh quite a bit when Shoda jumps off the bridge when he gets around it. It reminded me oh, of that scene in The, the, the Fugitive. <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, you know when he gets uh, cornered <laughs> in the sewers and there's nowhere to go and hires the four goes. I didn't kill my wife! And Tommy Lee Jones goes. <laughs> I don't care! And the oranges are scattered. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, like I thought that it was quite funny as, as well. Like the idea of the orange is considering like the injury that he gets is like quite minor. Yeah. You know, like uh, <laughs> we were watching yesterday when that happened, John literally audibly went. It's <gasps> <laughs> like, it's OK, he's OK. And it was the only bit of like filmmaking that it was like tempo, like in the temporal, both physical and in the sense of time itself really doesn't make sense. The fact that it's like two store clerks are able yeah. to know the city so well For to like corner him. <laughs> and also the fact that Yuri is able to ca catch up, like keep yeah. up with them. It's kind of like, yeah. okay, like for movie, like it would have made sense if he did that as soon 
As he runs for what it seems to be like five minutes and then surrounded. Yeah, how did the other guy go? Because it's like in the bridge, so he had to go yeah. the long way around, knowing that he was gonna eventually catch up with him at that exact moment. It's what do they have like uh, staff meetings on Thursdays? That is like, oh, if the uh, shoplifter take this route, you have to go through this street and then like block him off in that bridge you know like uh, like a military this is where they get their tips this is where they get their tips at the end of the week <laughs> but yeah like uh, i think the um when did you watch the first like your birthday you said yeah. like this year uh, yeah. a few did it feel like too soon to watch it again because like i really liked it but i don't think that it has as much perhaps rewatchable like i know what you said about Oh yeah! Now you know everybody's relationships exactly what they are. So There's a lot of little to... nuances that are that are lovely watching it the second time. Like I definitely watch it again. It was so good. Like I, I caught like what like the show that was probably the same as Yuri straight away, and for a mm. while I didn't think that. <laughs> We're not all like you. <laughs> but at the same time, I thought that he was a girl for a little bit. Uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah with little hair band. And I think that it's like intentional in a way. Mm. Um, the little girl reminded me of the little girl from um, Secret of the Beehives. You know, like there's something about like <gasps> yeah. the hair. Oh, and, Anna. Uh, oh, what was that actress called? Anna Torv? No, that's the, the one from, <laughs> <No>. uh, from <laughs> fucking Fringe and uh, Mindhunter. Like the, what this movie reminded me as well, like it, it does feel like uh, a sort of um, grandchild of Ozu. Uh, have you seen yeah. any Ozu? No, we have this conversation all the time. But it's interesting you say that because um, I, I can't remember where I read this. It's like on his Wikipedia page or something. But um, he's being like compared to Ozu a lot as like one of his strong influences. But he's like he himself says that one of his strongest influences is Ken Loach, which is kind of interesting, which makes sense for someone who, as far as I can tell, can like the main theme he's constantly uh, exploring is families and family relationships and be they found families or created your like birth families or whatever. Birth family. But, and um, I think that Ken Loach was influenced by Ozu as well. It's one yeah. of those like circular issues. I remember Christopher Nolan saying something about um, that, that somebody <laughs> uh, criticized him for for ripping another movie. Off. And he goes, yeah, I was ripping a movie, but it wasn't that movie. It was this other movie. And then I realized while watching that movie that uh, mm -hmm. I had seen it in a way because there's so many people that were influenced by it <clears throat> so yeah. you end up like b almost by osmosis watching a movie just because like i think we've had this discussion before especially with movies that kind of created a genre like i think mm -hmm. rififi was yes. uh, something <laughs> that that i came into that discussion the idea of how I've you can almost times. yeah well because it's the first time but at the same time, you can't almost feel that it's not derivative because you've seen it a hundred times. But I think that Ozu uh, kind of gets away with it uh, not being part of that is because he, even in his movies, he kind of remakes the same movie over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But it's 
always finding a little bit more of nuance. It's like um, almost trying to perfect that idea of like uh, most of his films are about fathers and daughters. Mm. And like a re- like a, I'll pick a, one of his movies in the near future because I, I think you'll in, enjoy it tremendously if you like this. It's a lot more passive. Like Ozu's mm. voice, like you can tell the like Can Loach is passive in a way, but his storytelling is more it's realistic. But he does show the big moments. Let's say, mm. like uh, Ozu, just like the whole movie is like a builder for a wedding, and then it just cuts to like two weeks after the wedding, and it's just like people <laughs> in a bar talking. Like he doesn't really wants to spend time with. Um, things that are not thematically linked to what you know like it's not the, the wedding that is. is the problem the the wedding is not what the movie is about is the perspective of a wedding mm-hmm. like the perception of a wedding within that culture or whatever and i think that similarly here it's about family and stuff and like if it was directed by ozu probably you wouldn't see him getting he'd just be caught and then people would be talking about things you know be like a skip i did like really like the him running after the the tray the the bus which felt very movie but at the same time uh, this just about got away with it It, but i think that the whole scene is saved by the kid because the kid says dad but he he doesn't go dad he like he like exhale he exhales it you know what i mean and like obviously i'm big japanese and like but he just, it's like a, it's like a sigh. It's like you can finally say it. Because when you're watching that, you're like, oh, God. Oh, Jesus, start running after. Oh, God. Actually, what did it make me think of? Now all I can think of is atonement. Um. <laughs> There's also Come like a me. secret in their eyes. They do. She does that yeah. as well. Um, I can't there's... remember. But uh, it, is, it is totally saved by by the that actor. Like, he's so good. He's like, just... The smallest little little moments and like so much of it is it, actually yeah the the uh, secret of the beehive is a good exam is a good um, comparison even in the way of like having two quite young children but one slightly older um, and how like them hanging out how they relate to each other and everything and how he's so like hoity toity and like you know I just want to be the guys and it's like no but you know just bring her into your life oh my little heart. I did like that the movie uh, also does a good job of both depicting the fact that the the kids shouldn't be with them, but at the same mm. time, it's not because they're particularly bad people. It's just that because they're forced to keep them outside of society, mm. that they they're forced to, to do lies kind of thing. Yeah, there's no problem not to go to school, but it's the fact of having to lie to them in a way to make mm. their lives normal let's say and that's um an issue in itself but i quite like also that the movie is able to keep the characters to be three-dimensional and with uh, flaws but also without betraying them which is like mm. very hard to do uh i particularly like the older shoda uh confesses to that their plan was to abandon the kid mm. that it's like um and also how aki will choose to stay with them even whenever the grandmother 
is no longer a part of the equation. And also, I liked that the grandmother was not divulging all the money as well that she was getting from the. Yeah. So like uh, there was even that. Uh, uh, it's quite a kind of sly, kind of oh yeah, uh, she's not as weak. Uh, she chose again to be taken advantage of, quote unquote, rather than oh yeah, they're just abusing her. Yeah. Um, I did not um, enjoy the fact that it's like whenever they go to the beach, it's so clearly that the grandmother's gonna die at that moment. Yeah, I thought that that, that was a little bit too much. That was a, a bit, bit signposty. Like uh, the other one, the other criticism that I had was a bit of like, okay, like I'd prefer that it was a little bit more gray, but. It's not inherently bad in the movie. It's just that my taste, mm. I prefer like, you know, the way similarly, like since we brought over, but I think this shares the same DNA. So it's impossible not to acknowledge it that the in in Parasite, the rich people are not inherently bad. Mm. So that's what makes the movie actually um, there's a depth to that movie because they're not the evil rich people that a lesser movie would portray them to be even lazy or unkind. They're just misguided, if anything. They're not Ellen. Yes. (laughs) Well, in this, it's kind of like they're just dickheads. And I suppose that they're not even rich. They're just one rang up from Mm. society than they are, maybe, because where they're living and stuff. But I think that... It's, you know, um, it could have been like very, very slightly better on that front as like real nitpick. But when it comes to the grandmother, like the signpost that she's going to die and then going like, thank you, like mouthing the word thank you. It just robbed the moment that she does die of any power because... Like, I saw it from a country mile. I know, because I'd like it if they just leave that on, where they're, like, eating, and, uh, or no, what do you call it? eating, like, corn, I think it is? Yeah. Uh, and then she, the grandmother's just like, you're quite an attractive woman. And then she just goes off into the, and then she doesn't say anything. It's just like, hmm, and then dies. It's like, yeah, that's quite, that's a good note to go out on, instead of, like, thank you. And you had the metaphor, then jumping in the sea. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> But like, uh, but yeah, like I think that even that scene would have been better as a whole, like brought forward and even not changing it. Hmm. Like if it happened, like maybe ten minutes before or something, because yeah, instead of right beforehand, where it's like here's this yeah. really happy thing and then death. It's like because it's just right one after the other, you know, like um, yeah. You know, I say that sometimes while in the podcast that is somebody says something or like there's a shot and i'm like they're not making it out of the movie alive, you know, like. yeah. and i just don't like it when it's it's a pet peeve of mine i know that yeah. it shouldn't annoy me as much as it does but i I'm know like, you want to have like not the shock but like the full emotional weight of like everyone waking up and realizing that she's dead like that's it's sad it's it's like little more sunshine other than the fact that uh, what do you call it? Alan Harkin was not old enough to be anyone's grandfather in that movie. Um, <laughs> um, 
I was gonna say it's funny we watched um oh actually just before I forget the the other thing and I the first time I watched it I was kind of like, eh. and the second time I watched it I was like eh, maybe not as not like is in the anime movie in real life uh soft porn job Paris that she Texas has. part uh, two yeah it's very Paris Texas um I'm not really sure what it function it serves in this story it gives her more of a i don't know like what it maybe then again that says something about her that she's like constantly searching for these connections with people because she doesn't have it in her actual family i don't know it's like but he's never really explained or seen again or i i don't know i think partly it's also to say that even like uh that there is a certain like an industry that mm. is there to capitalize on Lonely the lack people. of na- connection of people, and even that she's bad at her job because she's actually trying to connect with people mm-hmm. rather than just to profit from it. Uh, like now that you bring it on, they don't. Uh, the fact that he has like the bruises and it's like, oh yeah, I hit myself, and then she has the bruises as well. I thought mm. that that was a little bit too movie like you know what i mean that yeah is like, it was weird it's like uh, i don't need this. yeah I, thought, I didn't think until like because it's like so like you said kind of like uh, adjacent to the rest of the movie rather than yeah. being part of it um but at the same time i'm uh, i'd rather have something that is kind of adjacent rather than uh just there for texture perhaps rather yeah. than uh, trying to be shoehorned into the yeah like um I don't know, like, even the, the grandmother being taken, like, not being nobody's family, I thought that it would have been even interesting to, if they were part of the family, but kind of like, oh, the, mm-hmm. she's like a grand aunt or something or somebody, you know, like, actually, because it, even how the mother character goes, oh, yeah, I found her. We I didn't, didn't throw her away, throw away. they did. Yeah. It's funny that you say that about Ant, because um, another thing that reminds me of uh, the personal history of David Copperfield. <laughs> Did you see that? Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> that is an honest that... man's chicken that you're taking. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I thought of that so much. That that's so funny. Donkeys! Um, not the donkeys! <laughs> it kind of annoyed me in places, that film. Um certainly um it's it's definitely not up there with um the death of Stalin, but i did really enjoy it and anything that makes dev patel more of a star makes me happy because he's just so lovely i thought that it was far more successful than death of Stalin. like uh, really? i think that it's both like a comment on that adapta- of like as an adaptation of david copperfield as well like it's quite interesting i felt hmm. um it's able to have its cake and eat it too of being like a parody of Copperfield, but also like a very good faithful adaptation. And I really like the color blind casting, like uh, Benedict mm. Wong, like is really yeah. good in it. Like, <laughs> yeah, everybody was amazing. Peter Capaldi, like, can mean anything for me. That's an honest man's chicken you're taking. It's funny, um. There's a lot of things I watched over the last while that have reminded me of another movie that I watched over the last while, which was Faces Places, the uh, Agnes Varda film, which uh, we watched a couple of weeks ago, which like just absolutely. Have you seen that? No. Oh, (laughs) 
it's just like the warmest warmest hug of a movie and it does have a point where she goes to Goddard's house and he's an asshole <laughs> so <laughs> I was like this is the perfect movie oh I absolutely <laughs> love Agnes Varda like she's, she uh, she's it is adult. okay let please don't watch that movie because I now need and require it to be a pick because oh my god it, it just everything every warm fucking thing about it and what it said about like creativity and oh man it was just fabulous so don't watch that movie but um so Ricardo what was your favorite thing a favorite thing I think is like the performances from everybody I think it's mm-hmm. one of those ensemble pieces that there's no weak spots like you, the way that you said even like the cops they're quite smarmy and un sympathetic in a way to the characters mm. um but they still feel like real cops let's say reminded mm. me of the beginning of um only the bad sleep well or the bad sleep well <laughs> only the bad sleep well <laughs> only the young yes. die old um i was just thinking as well actually if you say that about the cops that when you think about it from the cops perspective of what they must be thinking whenever they find this weird group of people living and they find the old lady buried in the house and like <laughs> it's like realistically what would the cops think you know it's like it's a crazy sto- it's a crazy thing to stumble upon yeah so like the performance wise i thought that they they were all great obviously like uh, it has to be noted the uh, the two kid actors are mm. incredible because like it's really hard to be both as emotional as they are and realistic as well. At mm. no point, I do think I was wondering if it is like the the w- Japanese way of being that like uh, just a kid talking in Japanese is kind of I don't know because it's already like a, um, a language and a culture that doesn't like emote as much. Mm. So. Uh, it's easier to get away you know like if you see a an italian movie and it's an italian kid that he's pretending to talk normally he's either completely overacting or just like (laughs) reciting like and then i went and then i did this and then it's like absolute dead voice (laughs) but in a way in japanese there's um it's more natural not like not to have a dead voice but not to emote as much so i don't know if it is easier for kids to reach that level of emotion whenever Mm. given dialogue but again like it's um like i I wonder how much like more i'd get of the movie if i knew more about japanese culture as in like i know Mm. quite a bit in the broad sense but not lived in kind of you know the idea of shoplifting how easy it is or not easy it is to get away with it something as basic as that Mm. it's kind of or what wheat gluten is (laughs) or even like the how much is what they're getting because they keep throwing out yens and i'm like yeah "Yeah, i I know that they value nothing like uh, (laughs) is that are they celebrating that they got like 200 euro or are they celebrating that they got like 20 grand you know like uh, i know what's your your favorite thing um, it's kind of between the kids and 
how much I got from it watching it the second time as well and how it was like I mean there's just there's some like moments between like um like Lynn and um uh like the mother figure and like whenever she they're like cutting her hair and like just all these things that even whenever they're wrapped up in like but they're stealing the dresses it's still like (laughs) it's the like um, i don't know they're beautiful little moments and then but never like overdone either but i think that like without having the good performances of the two kids you could never sell something like as strongly as you do as like shoda of him like on the but on the bus but also him realizing that wait a minute but don't these cars belong to people and you know whenever you whenever you took me were you just looking for for like bags to steal and like him his slow realization it's so devastating and like oh because it's well because like um like the father figure he's so childish like even in how uh, whenever they're saying like you know, oh like how do you feel about teaching a child about shoplifting and he's like I don't have anything else to teach them like this is all I have this is all I ever learned through like lack of schooling or negligence or whatever his upbringing was it was like this is all I learned this is all I have to offer and it's like him versus this child that's becoming like maturing very rapidly through like being out in the real world and I think without the performances of the kids you'd never really you wouldn't be able to sell it or even like whenever they're there she's putting on like the swimsuit and it's like what about this one she's like no it's like you you won't hit me it's like oh at least favorite things oh do we have to um probably what you raised about the I'd like it to be a little bit more grey as well, I think, with the... Because especially, I was watching yesterday, I really kind of went, like that scene whenever they go to bring her back and they hear them fighting and it's so, like, perfectly timed for, like, you know, I never want, you know, I didn't want a baby. He didn't want her either. Ah, we're monsters. And, like, I'm kind of, especially these days, very much against anyone being painted as just, like, he was a monster. They were monsters. Society didn't make them. They were born out of hell. So, yeah. Especially because everything else in the film, even the cops are done with more nuance than the feckin' evil parents are. So. And also, it's like not really explained why they didn't report it to police for two months or whatever. It's yeah. like, and like even you if you were a terrible... Back? Yeah, because even if you're a terrible parent, you still kind of do it out of your own self-interest because... Yeah you know that you'll be the first one to be suspected of it if your child disappears and you go on holidays for two months and don't raise it with anybody that's quite dodge (laughs) what was your least favorite thing i think it was that or yeah, probably the clunkiness of like the the granny dying. Don't even yeah. think that it was necessary for her to die. I think the, you know, the movie is one of those. Yeah. It's a movie moment. Yeah, like the if she hadn't died, would it make any difference for the rest of the movie? Not really. Mm. Just that, like the revelations would be just like one more revelation. What was the granny doing or whatever? But it wouldn't be. Oh yeah, like uh, 
thematically given it another level of her because uh, they are not taking her with them whenever they go to run away or you know like it could have been a whole other thing instead of just them killing her off and her being like yes i didn't die alone yeah i don't know yeah like it was the the easy option i suppose in a movie that doesn't often take the easy out so hmm. yeah like it's literally the two times that it takes the easy out but like i said it's a very minor nitpick for a movie that i quite enjoyed and uh uh yeah, like in the, it is uh, what two hours long, and it doesn't feel like uh, doesn't lag anywhere, which no. is good for a movie that doesn't have that much plot per se. It's just moving from place to place. So, yeah, like uh, thank you for choosing the movie. No problem. Just wanted to give a shout out as well to um, the first supermarket in the first scene, which is a great scene, but also that supermarket looked so cute, and I really want to go there. Um. <laughs> hey, I went to Tokyo just to go to the supermarket. Uh, so, Ricardo, uh, where can they find us? They can find us on Facebook, The Recommendation Game, on Twitter, at The Rec Game, on Mondays, so every second Monday on Dublin Digital Radio, on the Dublin Digital Radio Mix Cloud for back episodes. And if you want to support uh independent radio in dublin please uh go to the dublin digital radio patreon awesome sauce next week's film is ricardo's pick it is indeed it is numero tres in our trifecta yes the last one they know how to fucking think about the next movie (laughs) Uh, it's uh robert altman's the long goodbye Awesome. Well, until then, I was Orda Martinez. And I was Ricardo Dick. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks' time.